Welcome to Zichud Avsi Ram Goldhar, and today we're on Seches Psachim Daf Kuf Yud, the tenth parak Arve Psachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, on Daf Kuf Tes Amabes, the Gemara introduced the concept of zugos, of pairs, that one should not do certain activities such as eating or drinking in pairs. This means that one should not eat an even number of the same food or an even number of the same beverage. Rabbeinu Bakir writes that the avoidance of pairs is a concrete expression of a rejection of dualism, the heretical belief that there are two deities. Eating in pairs enables demons or sorceresses to harm a person. The Gemara there on Duff Kuftes brings three answers as to how the Rabban could have instituted drinking four cups of wine on Seder night, being that four is an even number. On our Duff, Rav Chista and Rabbah Barav Huna were leaning and both said, Shalom Mletovah Mitzdarev, Lora Lomitzdarev. Shalom, meaning the seventh cup, which corresponds to the seventh word in the last brach of Birch Zekohanim, combines with the other six cups he drank for good but does not combine with drinking an eighth cup for bad. Therefore, there's no danger in drinking eight cups. Darshbam explains that since Akash Baruch Hu chose to convey his brachos to the Jewish people through the seventh word, Shalom, no harm in the world can come of it. The Gemara brings Rabbah and Rav Yosef who applied the fifth word of the middle bracha, Bichunaka, the same way, and that therefore there's no harm when drinking six cups. And then Abai and Rabbah applied the third word, Vishmarecha, in the first bracha similarly, and that there's therefore no harm in drinking four cups. The Roshmam explains that as the harmful effects of Zugos diminish from generation to generation, the Rabban ruled more leniently. Point number two, toward the end of its discussion of Zugos, the Gemara teaches a general rule, called the Kapit Kapti Badei, Udul Kapit Gul Kapti Badei, Regarding any person who is particular about this issue, the demons are particular with him, but with regard to someone who is not particular, they are not particular with him. But one should nevertheless be mindful. The Rashbam explains that demons will only be particular to harm someone who is overly concerned with the issue of Zugos, but even someone who is not particular about the issue should take basic precautions. And point number three, in addition to the danger from Mazikin, from the demons, literally the damagers, that Zugos poses, they also expose a person to the danger from Kshafim, sorcery. The Gemara teaches that while the even numbers of pairs, such as 10, 8, 6, and 4, are safe nowadays with respect to Mazikin, these numbers, and even higher numbers, are still dangerous with respect to Kshafim. The Gemara illustrates this with the story of a woman who performed sorcery on her ex-husband whenever he would drink wine in her second husband's store. Her efforts were usually unsuccessful because he made sure not to drink Zugos. But one time when he lost track after drinking 16 cups, he drank an even number of cups and her sorcery caused him to burst. So once again, the three points are number one. On Duff Kuftes Amabes, the Gemara introduced the concept of Zugos pairs that one should not do certain activities, such as eating or drinking, in pairs. This means that one should not eat an even number of the same food or an even number of the same beverage. Rabbeinu Bachi writes that the avoidance of pairs is a concrete expression of a rejection of dualism, the heretical belief that there are two deities. Eating in Paris enables demons or sorceresses to harm a person. The Gemara there on Daf Kuftes brings three answers as to how the Rabban could have instituted drinking four cups of wine on Seder night, being that four is an even number. So on our Daf, Rav Chista and Rav Ravuna were lenient, and both said, Shom Latobam Mitzdarev, Lara Lamitzdarev. Shom, meaning the seventh cup, which corresponds to the seventh word in the last bracha of Birchus Gohanim, combines with the other six cups he drank for good, but does not combine with drinking an eighth cup for bad. Therefore, there is no danger in drinking eight cups. The Rosh explains that since the Baruch who chose to convey his brachos to the Jewish people through the seventh word, Shalom, no harm in the world can come of it. 
The Gemara brings Rab and Rab Yosef apply the fifth word of the middle bracha, v'chuneka, the same way, and that therefore there's no harm in drinking six cups. And then Abai and Rab apply the third word, bishmarecha, in the first bracha similarly, and that there is therefore no harm in drinking four cups. The Rashbam explains that as the harmful effects of Zugos diminished from generation to generation, the Rabban ruled more leniently. Point number two, toward the end of its discussion of Zugos, the Gemara teaches a general rule, called the Kapit Kaptibadei, Regarding any person who is particular about this issue, the demons are particular with him. But regarding someone who is not particular, they are not particular with him. But one should nevertheless be mindful. The Rashbam explains that demons will only be particular to harm someone who is overly concerned with the issue of Zugos. But even someone who is not particular about the issue should take basic precautions. And point number three, in addition to the danger of a mazikin from demons, literally damages, that Zugos poses, they also expose a person to danger from shafim sorcery. The Gemara teaches that while the even numbers of pairs, such as 10, 8, 6, and 4, are safe nowadays with respect to mazikin, these numbers, and even higher numbers, are still dangerous with respect to shafim. The Gemara illustrates this with a story of a woman who performed sorcery on her ex-husband whenever he would drink wine in her second husband's store. Her efforts were usually unsuccessful because he made sure not to drink Zugos. But one time, when he lost track after drinking 16 cups, he drank an even number of cups, and her sorcery caused him to burst. All right, so now we go to our Sim for Duff Kuf Yud, and the simon is a key, but we use a gold key ceremony. It's an award ceremony with a gold key, so here we go. While the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birkos Kohanim was recited... The table of demon phobes who got carried away and drank 18 cups were in for a sorcerous surprise. Once again, slow motion. While the guests are drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony, gold key ceremony, that must be run duff, kufyud. While the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, which reminds us, on Duff Kuftes on base, Gamora introduced the concept of Zugos, pairs, that one should not do certain activities such as eating or drinking in pairs. This means that one should not eat an even number of the same food or an even number of the same beverage. Rabbein Nabaki writes that the avoidance of pairs is a concrete expression of our rejection of dualism. The heretical belief that there are two deities. Eating in pairs enables demons or sorceresses to harm a person. On our doubt, Rav Chis and Rav Baravuna were lenient and both said, Shalm latovim etzarif, l'ra l'om etzarif. Shalm, meaning the seventh cup, which corresponds to the seventh word in the last bracha of Birchus Gohan, combines with the other six cups he drank for good, but does not combine with drinking eight cup for bad. Therefore, there is no danger in drinking eight cups. The Rashbam explains that since the Gosh chose to convey his brachas to the Jewish people through the seventh word, Shalom, no harm in the world can come of it. The Gemara brings Rabbah and Rav Yosef by the fifth word of the middle bracha, v'chuneka, the same way, and that therefore there's no harm in drinking six cups. And then Abai and Rabbah by the third word, v'chunecha, in the first bracha, similarly, and that there is therefore no harm in drinking four cups. Rashbam explains that as the harmful effects of Zugos diminished from generation to generation, the Rabban ruled more leniently. So while the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, the table of demon phobes, which reminds us, which reminds us that more presents the general rule that demons will only be particular to harm someone who is overly concerned with the issue of Zugos, but even someone who is not particular about the issue should take basic precaution. So while the guests at drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from Mazikin as Birchus Kohanim was recited, the table of demon phobes who got carried away and drank 18 cups were in for a sorcerer's surprise. Which reminds us, in addition to the danger from Mazikin, demons that Zugos poses, they also expose a person to danger from Kshafim, 
sorcery. The Gemara teaches that while even numbers of pairs such as 10, 8, 6, and 4 are safe nowadays with respect to Mazikin, these numbers and even higher numbers are still dangerous with respect to Kshafin. The Gemara illustrates with the story of the woman who performed sorcery on her ex-husband whenever he would drink wine in her second husband's store. Her efforts were usually unsuccessful because he made sure not to drink Zugos. But one time when he lost track after drinking 16 cups, he drank an even number of cups and her sorcery caused him to burst. So once again, while the guests drinking four cups of wine at the double gold key ceremony were protected from the Zikin as Birkos Kohanim was recited, the table of demon phobes who got carried away and drank 18 cups were in for a source of surprise. All right, now it's time for four Bob Achazara. Daf Kufvav. So the simmer Daf Kufvav is a tightrope walker walking on a fine line. So here goes. The tightrope walker whose act featured making Kiddush Rabba on the high wire and then staying there until Tuesday afternoon to make Havdalah got booed by the crowd when he messed up one time and tasted the food before making Kiddush. Once again in slow motion. The tightrope walker. Tightrope walker. That must be on Duff. Kuf Vav. Kuv. Line. The tightrope walker whose act featured making Kiddush Rabba on the high wire which reminds us of the story of Ravashi visiting Machos and trying to figure out what to do when they told him Shabbos Day to make Kiddush Rabba. He ended up dragging out the Bori Pir Guffin to see if anybody would be impatient and drink and indeed an elderly man started. Ravashi applied to himself the Pasuk the wise man has his eyes in his head, meaning he has foresight. The Rashbam explains that they called it the great Kiddush, Kiddush Rabbah, because it's the bracha which is recited whenever Kiddush is recited. So the tightrope walker, whose act featured making Kiddush Rabbah on the high wire, and then staying there until Tuesday afternoon to make Havdalah, which reminds the sons of Rabbi Chia say, One who did not say Havdalah, Motzi Shabbos, may say Havdalah throughout the following week. Rabbi Zerah explained, Ad until the fourth day, meaning up to and not including Tuesday night. So this ruling is similar to a ruling with respect to a get. The first three weekdays are called after Shabbos, and the last three weekdays are called before Shabbos. Rashbam explains that this would be relevant for someone who gives a get and stipulates that he has given 200 zoos after or before Shabbos. If he said after Shabbos, the get would only be valid if she gives him the money prior to Tuesday night. So the tightrope walker, whose act featured making Kiddush Rabbah on the high wire, and then staying there until Tuesday afternoon to make Havdalah, got booed by the crowd when he messed up one time and tasted the food before making Kiddush. Which reminds the Melchokas of one taste of food before making Kiddush or Havdalah. Rav Huna says, in the name of Rav, Tam in a After one taste of food, he may not say Kiddush. Rashbam explains that he should not say Kiddush on Friday night, but he should say it the next day before the meal. This would seem to be a penalty imposed by the Rabbanim for eating prior to Kiddush. Rav says the final halacha is that one does say Kiddush and Havdalah. Daf Kufzain. So the simple Daf Kufzain is Kuskus. So here goes. The lavish Kuskus dish. Kuskus dish. That must be one Daf Kufzain. The lavish Kuskus dish prepared from Malav Malka was not touched. By the visiting rabbi, who was given dapir for Havdalah, which reminds us of the incident of a member traveling being given dapir for Havdalah, not wanting to make Havdalah in anything but wine, went to bed fasting. When it happened again the second year, he said, If so, beer is the wine of the province. He said Havdalah and he tasted some food. Rashbam explains that a member meant that because wine was regularly unavailable there, beer was a local equivalent and therefore suitable for Havdalah. And the Gemara discusses the suitability of several types of beer for Kiddush and Havdalah and brings some incidents about the ill effects that occurred after drinking some date beer. So the lavish couscous dish prepared from Malav Malka was not touched by the visiting rabbi who was given date beer for Havdalah and told to make sure he had a cheek full, which reminds us, says the Malchokas, how much wine must be tasted when making a bracha over a kos shel bracha, such as Kiddush, Havdalah, and Birch Hazamazun. The Tanakhama says a kol shu, and Rabbi Yossi Bar Yudah says a cheek full, a molly lugma. 
another brace is brought that supports the second opinion. So the lavish couscous dish prepared from Olav Malka was not touched by the visiting rabbi who was given date beer for Havdalah and told to make sure he had a cheek full and who was now in such pain that he couldn't even dream of eating Arab Pesach close to Mincha Katana. Which reminds us, it was a question when the Mishnah said that one should not eat Arab Pesach Samach Mincha was that referring to Mincha Gadol or Mincha Katana? The Gemara explains that this issue revolves around the reason for the prohibition against eating close to Mincha. Is it because a meal at Mincha Gadol could be drawn out and cause a person to not bring the carbon Pesach, which must be brought that afternoon? Or is it because a later meal at Mincha Katana could cause a person to eat the matzah that night in a manner of Achila Gasa, excessive consumption? And the Rajbam explains that Achila Gasa is not halachically considered eating. The Gemara proves more brightly that Samach Mincha Katana Tanan. The Mishnah states that one may not eat on Erev Pesach close to Mincha Katana. Tav Kuvches, the simon is a pickpocket. So here goes. The pickpocket, pickpocket, that must be wrong, Tav Kuvches. The pickpocket who reclined while drinking the first two cups of wine at the Seder, which reminds us, it was stated that Rav Nachman said the cups of wine at the Seder require Seba, and it was stated that he said they do not require Seba. So the Gemara explains that there's no dispute and that they're referring to different cups. Some say the first two require leaning because the hashda hudaka because it's now that freedom begins, meaning the redemption is discussed over those cups. Others say the last two cups require leaning because it's at that time that freedom is a reality. The Gemara concludes now that it was stated like this and it was stated like this, both these two cups. And these two cups require his seba. So the pickpocket reclined while drinking the first two cups of wine at the Seder was disappointed when all he found in the pockets of the reclining son and Talmud, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses who must lean. A woman in the presence of her husband does not need to do a seba, but if she's a prominent woman, she needs lean. The Rosh explains that a woman does not typically lean because she's apprehensive in her husband's presence and subservient to him, whereas a prominent woman generally will eat reclining. A son in the presence of his father needs to do a seba. Rosh explains that a son is not as subservient to a father as a man's wife is to him. And regarding a Talmud in the presence of his Rebbe, Abai said, when we were in the yeshiva of our master, referred to Rabbah, we would lean on each other's knees during the Seder. But when we came to the yeshiva of Rav Yosef, who became the head of the academy after Rabbi, he told us, you don't need to lean for more Rabbah Kamor Shemaim. The fear of your Rebbe is like the fear of heaven. So the pickpocket who reclined while drinking the first two cups of wine at the Seder was disappointed when all he found in the pockets of the reclining son and Talmud was a note with a reminder to have a nice cup and to drink most of it. Which reminds the Rav Yudin, the name of Shmuel, teaches several halachas about the Dalt Kosos, which the Gemara then explains. They must contain enough wine to produce a kos yafa, a nice cup. The Gemara, according to the version preferred by the Rashbam, explains, Hayin Raviz, this is Raviz. If you drink them pure, chai, meaning without adding water to the wine, he fulfilled the mitzvah, where Rav says, Yedei yain yatza, yedei cheres lo yatza. He fulfilled the mitzvah to drink wine, but he didn't fulfill the obligation to act in a manner that expresses freedom. Rashbam explains that he didn't fulfill the mitzvah completely because wine must be diluted to be considered prominent. Rashbam notes that our wines do not need to be diluted. If he drank them all at once, he fulfilled the mitzvah. Rav says, He fulfilled the mitzvah to drink wine, whereas the Rashbam explains that this is the mitzvah of Simcha's Yantam, but he didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Dal Kosos. And if he gave his children the members of his household to drink from them, he fulfilled his mitzvah. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak says, only if he personally drank most of the cup. Daf Kuftes, the Simmer Daf Kuftes is a Hatzalah first aid kit. So here goes. Hatzalah prepared a special keep the kitties up for Seder kit. Hatzalah kit? That must be more on Daf Kuftes. 
Hatzal prepared a special Keep the Kitties Up for Seder kit packed with parched grain, walnuts, and a matzah grabber, which reminds the Gemara brings different prices on how to keep the children up for the Seder. Rebuta says that we give children clios that goes in parched grain and walnuts so that they'll not sleep and they'll ask questions. Rebuta says, we snatch matzahs on the night of Pesach for the benefit of the children so they shouldn't fall asleep. The Rosh Bum's preferred explanation is that this means that we prevent children from eating too much matzah and becoming drowsy as a result. Alternatively, we remove the Seder plate from the table to prompt the children to ask why. And Rabbi Kiva would tell his Talmudim to stand up and leave the base of Midrash Ere Pesach so that the Talmudim would go home early to ensure that their children nap during the day or or so that they could begin the Seder before the children would go to sleep. He also told them to leave the base of Midrash on the Yom Kippur so that the Talmudim should feed their children. So Hatzal prepared a special Keep the Kitties Up for Seder kit packed with parched grain walnuts and a matzah grabber while they gave out to parents free hangers for new clothing, which reminds us that we learn from the Pazak of a Samach Bechagecha, a man is obligated to gladden his children and the members of his household on Yantav. How does he gladden them? With wine. Rabbi Yudah says, Anashim lahem, anashim Men with what's appropriate for them, and women with what's appropriate for them. The Gemara explains that wine is appropriate to gladden men, and Rabbi Yosef explains that new clothing is appropriate to gladden women. In Babel, it was with colored garments, and in Eretz Yisrael, it was with white pressed linen garments. Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra says, Bismam Shabbat Mikdash Kayam, Ein Simcha El Babasar. When the base of Mikdash stands, the midst of rejoicing is fulfilled only to bring an offering and eating its meat. But now that the base of Mikdash does not stand, the mitzvah of rejoicing is fulfilled only through drinking wine. So Hatzal prepared a special Keep the Kitties Up for Seder kit, packed with parched grain walnuts and a matzah grabber, while they gave out their parents free hangers for new clothing and a custom two fingers reviews measure to be used for the arbicosos. Which reminds us, the Rav Chista defines the liquid measure of Raviz by describing the size of the space that a Raviz occupies. Raviz shall Torah etzbaim al-etzbaim, barum etzbaim v'chetzi etzba v'chomish etzba. The Raviz of the Torah is two fingers by two fingers, with a height of two fingers, half a finger, and a fifth of a finger, or two by two by 2.7 etzbaos. Rav Chista derives this from a Bryce that teaches that because a mikvah must be able to contain a person's entire body at one time, it must be an amma by an amma with a height of three ammas. And the Chami determined that an area of that size contains 40 saw. Applying the same ratio, Rav Chista concluded that an area of 2 by 2 by 2.7 esbaos contains a revise. Alright, so now it's time for our pop quiz of 10 questions plus three bonus questions from Masechus Baruch Shabbos and Erevin. Number one. Which stuff did you learn that when the Mishnah forbids eating close to Mincha Erepesach was referring to Mincha Katana, so one does not come to eat the matzah as an Achilles Gasa? That's on Duff. Kuvzain. Good. Number two. Which stuff did you learn that demons typically harm people who are overly concerned about them? That's on Duff. Kufyud. Good. Number three. Which stuff did you learn two different opinions whether Rav Nachman met the first two cups are drunk with Heseva or the last two cups are? That's on Duff. Good. Number four. Which of the one that one needs to interrupt the meal for Kiddush, but one does not have to interrupt it for Havdalah? That's on Duff. Kufhe. Good. Number five. Which of the one that there are four exceptions to the general rule that brachas must contain bark at the beginning and at the end? That's on Duff. Kufdalad. Good number six. Which of the one that over time the final words in Birchus Gohani made it permissible to drink eight, six, and four cups of wine and not be concerned about Zugos? That's on Duff. Kufyud. Good number seven. Which of the one that Amemar determined that Shechar, Dapir, was the Chamar Medina, the place he visited, since wine was not regularly available? That's on Duff. 
Kuvzayin. Good number eight, which definitely when the Kishuv does work against Zugos, including higher numbers than ten, which is illustrating the story of the sorceress and her ex-husband. That's on Duff. Kufyud. Good number nine. Which step do we learn different ways to keep the children up for the Seder by giving them parched grain and walnuts and snatching the matzahs away? That's on Duff. Kuftas. Good. And number ten. Which step do we learn the cup must be filled with enough wine to be a kosiyafa, which is understood to be a raviz, and one is required to drink most of the cup? That's on Duff. Kufchas. Excellent. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which step do we learn about six things which are unbecoming to a Talmud That's on Duff. Mem Gimon Brachos. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we have about the size of an Amma? That's on Duff. Gimon and Aravan. Good. And number three. Which stuff do we discuss bathing on Shabbos? That's on Duff. Mem and Shabbos. Excellent. That concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.